Hello and welcome to the Horror House Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Chris. This week in the Horror House, we have... God, I, I feel like we've talked about this a lot since we've started this podcast, but it is finally time for the John Carpenter, little-known John Carpenter movie from 1988, They Live. It's time. It's we time have, to talk about this shit. We legit have talked about this so much that I told Stella we were doing this this month, and she is there this week, and she's like, haven't you done that a few times now? <laughs> like, no, no. And then, but that got me thinking, like, maybe she's right. Maybe we've done it. But we just talk about this shit because, I mean, I mean, we spent a lot of time kissing John Carpenter's ass on this podcast. Yeah. He, he has earned the, the kissing of the ass that he's received. Um, I wonder if somebody could go back to our old episodes and, like, piece together enough for an episode for they live. I feel like that's probably not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> it, it is definitely possible. I, I believe. Um, but before De- that, definitely probably, uh, if you like, they live, if you don't like, they live, if you want to comment on what you want to see us talk about next, uh, let us know, Dave, tell them. Uh, you can send us a tweet at sweetness one with six E's. So therefore, it's not really sweetness. It's sweetness one, or there's two of us. So you can send us a tweet at whorehouse two. You can email us whorehousepodcast at gmail dot com, or go to the old Facebook page if you're into that stuff and hit us up on the whorehouse page there. Uh, you could leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm forward slash horrorhouse. And let us know what you think. And if you do that, please let us know if it's okay to share uh, your comments, your voicemail on the air. And finally, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, any platform that allows you to rate us, uh, please do so. Whatever you think we're worth. I know I know. Uh, in our minds we're five stars. Hopefully in your minds mm-hmm. we're six stars. But we'll take, we'll take whatever we can receive. Um, and... Finally, finally, uh, you already know, spread the word to anybody, you know, that likes horror, even kind of, you know, they're just kind of like, eh, horror's okay. Uh, load it up, load horror house up on your phone, underhand, overhand, either way, throw it at your friend and wing it at him. Yeah. Let them know. Beat them right. Let them know we're here every week. Talking about horror movies uh, and horror-related things. Um, you could also, when you order pizza at your local mom-and-pop pizzeria, be like, hey, I listen to the Horror House. Do I get a discount? Yeah. Mostly, the, the most they can do is tell you no. But it, especially if you're in the James County area, <laughs> I recommend Big Head Pizza. I talk about Big Head Pizza Way too much for a guy that currently is not eating pizza. Um, but that, that's that the dream. So that's good. the dream to always be eating pizza. So, I mean, in a way, you're always eating big head pizza. This is starting to sound like an ad, Dave. They need to get in ta- contact with us so we can solidify this uh, promotion. I, I'll talk to him next time I go in. Last, <laughs> every time I go in now, I bullshit with the owner. He's always working the front register. And um, the last couple times, he's like, gives me a discount. Oh, he's like, ah, nice. I, get, I, get, I got you. I hook you up. So, 
You can tell him we have a worldwide podcast. Listen to worldwide and, you know, just give, throw us a pizza, bro. We've talked about you. We, I've not talked about we you, but. We do ask that if you are listening in Russia, turn it off right now. We are sanctioning you from listening to our podcast. That's it. That's the story. We're moving on. Uh, there you have it. Dave, what you been watching this past week? Um, I know there's been more than this. I sh- I need to just take notes every time I watch something. But specifically, um, uh, thanks to the miracle of voodoo and not like the voodoo magic, but voodoo <laughs> the app. Um, still in theaters is a little horror movie that could called The Cursed, and we. Purchased that um, while it's still in theaters and watched that last weekend. Now, Jackie noped out within like two minutes. She was all excited to watch it with us. Um, She thought the trailers looked great, and then she noped out after about two minutes. Um, (laughs) Stella and I stayed strong. It is a period... It's a period piece horror movie set in like uh, early 1900s, late 1800s. I'd say late 1800s. There's no cars. That's uh, everything's horse-drawn carriages and stuff like that. Okay, um, okay. But they're not like pilgrims. Like they're well-to-do. But it's close enough to World War One that they're they're talking about um, gypsies, the the Romanians and the gypsies, and uh, it's a little bit of a little bit of a creature feature with some witchcraft okay. some, some other stuff thrown in um it's a little it's a little slow in places but i thought the creatures looked good um i, I thought it was okay nice i thought it was okay we also chris we've talked about this a few times recently okay including on the episode that is currently streaming the currently newest streaming episode I watched for only the second time in my life the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oh, okay. And I can say unequivocally, uh, unequivocally, you it becomes harder to say that <laughs> the, the more shots of Elijah Craig you put down. The more shots you take, um, the less syllables come out, I think is the right. general rule. You just start skipping. <laughs> if, if you drink enough Elijah Craig, like, you're just like, we may have some episodes that towards the end one of one or both of us are (laughs) around that are around that at least that parking lot of that arena um yes i i can't say that the makeup the freddy makeup yeah was even worse than i imagined when like I'm lo- oh. I, granted, I'm looking at it with that critical eye. Yeah, ten years. And that, 10 I didn't even need years that. Removed, which is hard to. I can't even still believe. I've lost ten years, Dave, through all this. Uh, but I, yeah, I believe it. But it's the the pretty makeup is so bad. They did fucking. It's a shit fucking. It looks like a shitty fucking Halloween mask. Yeah, and they digitally they, touched that up because people were so against it before it came out. They're like, "This looks garbage," and they're like, "But this is like." We looked at like burn victims and based it off of that instead of you know the character that we're also doing that has you know 
20 or 30 years yeah. uh, in pop culture at this point. Why Why look like that? Uh, There's a reason why a lot of shit in movies isn't realistic. It's because the real world fucking sucks. That's, yeah. You don't watch Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child or Dream Warriors or whatever fucking that one was. I may get blowback on that one. Um, and expect Dream like Warriors medically... Medically uh, accurate, you know, gore. That's not that's not uh, what it's about. Nightmare like, on Elm Street Dream Warriors did not realistically depict addiction counseling in any way. Nobody gives a fuck, Nancy. <laughs> Move on with your life. Uh, Let us enjoy ours. We're gonna. We're. Uh... It, it was trash, man. It's. It didn't even look like a party city mask. It looked like a goddamn like clearance Walmart mask, man. <laughs> it's the big, it's the big lots Freddy Krueger mask. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, you can really say that Jackie Earl Haley's Freddy is the big lots, uh, which uh, we've not we've not done that uh, very much this season. The big lots version of this—that's not been a thing this season too much. No. <laughs> Oddly enough, um, but he for sure is the big lots Freddy Krueger. Um, but I, there was, there's so much potential, even still, I think with Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy, um, I don't think we'll ever see that flesh. That's the irony. Continue, That's kind but. of the irony. And, and maybe we need to talk about the nightmare. Oh yeah. Series sometime. Yeah. Cause I, 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 I have a hard time believing that we'll get to enough episodes that we're like, I guess we'll do the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Yeah, <laughs> but, some of these big ones, it's just like, was, why? Why would we do that? I mean, we talk about right. it as like a basis of comparison for a lot of movies we do watch. So, I mean, in a roundabout way, <laughs> we've right. if we're comparing a movie with Nightmare on Elm Street, it's not good. Even if that movie like surpasses, like that's if that's the point of reference, it's not good. Of the remake, of the remake, Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay, okay, I see. Yeah, but Jackie O'Reilly, I mean, he's he really is. He's kind of menacing. The he's twitch kind of with the dickish. glove, I, I loved. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot here. Jackie O'Reilly, I mean, he's he I, really is a national treasure. Um, we'll have to we'll, we'll have to talk about him as Rorschach. Oh yeah, I've loved Jackie O'Reilly and pretty much everything I've ever watched him in. He he's a champion. Bad news bears. Anybody? Right, right. <laughs> um, How many ginger porn movies has he done? I don't know, but I'm too sure many he's to count. One. I would assume. Allegedly, <laughs> you're not locked in here with me. We're both locked in here. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to do a porn joke, but then we're both. You're both locked in here with me and a cup. <laughs> Um, anything else that you have watched this week? Um, uh, no, that's all, I, that's all that's worth mentioning. I know there was fucking something else we watched because I, I was telling you when we were warming up that there was one night I watched something. We, we watched something, me and Stella watched something. And the next morning she was like, that was kind of shitty. I was like, <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to watch They Live. And she's like, you should have turned on They Live. I like that movie. 
Stella is a complicated beast because any other time I try to watch something from before 1990, it's too old. What? I just, I'm going to have to have a talk with my sister. Because she set, she, she set me on my path, man. She's the one that set me on the path of love and 80s horror movies. That's why yeah, I but am broken the way I am today. It wasn't 1990 yet. It wasn't 1990 yet. I, so, you know. I guess. Oh, man. Um, so for me this week, I don't, I typically don't have a whole lot to, to add to this part of the discussion, but I did watch on shutter for some reason. Um, I guess we can assume certain reasons why it's on there, but, uh, dark man, Liam Neeson, Sam Raimi vehicle, uh, from 1990, 1991. Yeah. I saw it was on there and, and not just dark man, like the one, first, two and three. Yeah. On there. Um, I watched a little bit of, I've seen them all, but like more towards the time of their release, except the first one. I went back and revisited the first one, uh, probably several times that, but that movie is very odd to me still. It has it been is weird. It's weird since it's weird. Yeah. I remember being a little kid. Um, and being very intrigued by Dark Man, the trailers on TV, I, and then okay, watching it I and scoff, being weird. You scoff I at my scoff, age. I, I scoff at you saying <laughs> being a little kid and watching the Dark Man trailer. However, that uh, I mean, because this came out in 1990, I was no little kid. But the trailer, the 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 TV trailers for Dark Man, mm-hmm. I mean. They practically gave me a fucking boner because it, they were they were teaser trailer deluxe. They didn't show anything but a little bit of action and a little bit of mystery, and I was fucking hooked. Uh, I was fucking Stella can tell you I'm the dude that in the when the first <laughs> hatchet trailer coming out. Yes, and all it was was a hatchet coming down, and then when it comes back up, it splashes blood. I, I was so fucking excited. Dave charged movie. the screen of the movie theater. He's like, fuck yes. <laughs> so Dark Man, the trailer, it just showed like, oh, he, he gets blown up and then he comes back and then he's like wearing the long trench coat and he's running and jumps off a building with his bandaged ass face. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Yeah. I'm fucking in. Sign me up. And Liam fucking Neeson. That's maybe the first thing that I watched. Liam Neeson in. I don't know what he did. I really don't know what he's done before this, but like my basis for Liam Neeson starts with dark man, which is a weird movie. It has got some, I'm still like oddly like what even is the word? Um, just, I guess just weirded out. Like I can't think of like, there's certain violent when your protagonist is just like mutilated, it provides weird feelings to the viewer. And when the viewer sees those, when he's not even 10 years old yet, um, those feelings uh, continue, uh, into his almost forties. So we, uh, dark man, I'm just like, like when he grabs onto the thing and his, his flesh melts off of his hands. I'm like, even though it's stop motion and looks fake as hell, it still looks super cool, but I'm like, Wow. They they went for it in this movie. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> no, yes. And Larry Drake, I mean, you know, I'm not saying this dude deserves an Academy Award, but he 
he nailed something in Darkman that is just this weirdness, but also there's a menace. I mean, I is he the guy that played Durant? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I don't know him from literally anything else in the world. I know I've seen him in other things, but he'll always be Durant. Was it the dentist? The uh, Doctor Giggles. That's what it was. Doctor Giggles. Boom. That's it. Yes. (laughs) Fucking fantastic, man. Um, that's like cult level movie. Yeah. Uh, but man, dark, we'll have to, you know, there is enough horror. I feel like, especially for little, little kid, Chris, uh, <laughs> to talk about dark man for a full episode, but that's something on yeah. shutter. Use horror, use code horror house too. Um, for, for, for maybe an increase in price for your monthly bill. I don't know. Who knows? Try it. Try I it prom- I, I 99% <laughs> promise that they won't increase your bill. If you try some bullshit. Promo code like Horror House or Horror House 2. Yeah. Uh, just give them a shot. Um, also, there was one thing that I wanted to bring up, and it's been a couple weeks removed, but I just I, I just remembered it because I think I was super uh, just impressed well, by it and have watched it several times. Oh, okay. But there was a few weeks ago, there was an AEW pay-per-view revolution, and they have this faction called the house of black, right? With this guy, Malachi black used to be in WWE, um, as Alistair black. He's kind of this like pagan kind of like, he's super tatted up. Um, he's not the biggest guy, but he's like, got, you know, all this like Muay Thai kind of stuff that he does. He's, he's one of the, he's one of my favorites has been for a long time, but he's got this group that comes out with him now. And they had like their first big entrance. And it's, it's the coolest entrance I've seen. In so long, it gave me like chills and like goosebumps. I mean, it's, it's kind of basic in the approach to it, but the way they did, the way they just did it, it felt kind of, uh, in the vein of horror and like cult and it just was fabulous. And, uh, I urge anybody that's even remotely interested in like modern wrestling to check, check out uh, these guys, they are, I goddamn love them. And th- that entrance at revolution was, I, I entrances are one of my favorite things. This one is one of my favorites. I was just like, I may be building it up. If anybody goes to watch it and they're like, this is cool, but like, come on, Chris, I, I stand by my statements. Um, but that, that about does it for me. Uh, I am ready, and I think you are too, Dave. It is time to hit that ad and talk about a John Carpenter classic. Are there any John Carpenter movies that aren't classic? Ghosts of Mars. (laughs) Okay. Okay, you got me. You got me, bitch. You got me. I say that as Uh, somebody that on... uh, I wouldn't say release day, but like around there, I bought the DVD and then turned around that same day in Sam Goody and bought the soundtrack on CD without having watched it or listened to it. Okay. That explains a lot. That does explain a lot. So I've earned these Uh, scars. (laughs) Let's do that ad so we can get into this. Yes. Fucking classic ass movie. And we're back. Uh, it is time to talk about They Live. And 
I mean, I guess, like, like I said earlier, you could probably go through some of our past episodes and get a pretty good feel for where we stand on this movie. Um, but, uh, there's, there, there's still a lot to talk about with this and, uh, let's, let's just get into it. Um, where, I'll, where do you want to start, start with it? Just at the very start, the open. Okay. Um, you've got the, it opens on the, the graffiti and the soundtrack. So let's hit the soundtrack first. You know, I love me some John Carpenter music. Oh yeah, that's synthy, but this is this is like a blues synth, which I don't yeah, know. Yeah, this is a very next level because it's it's it is it's it's bluesy, it's synth with that harmonica. And I mean and then like they'll do the kick, they'll do the beat. I don't remember if there's the carpenter bass during that. But like they'll do like long bars of just the bump, 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 and yep. with the synth, and it's just so. Like what is what? Good. How do you even describe the vibe it gives? Because it's in a in a it's, kind of a way it's foreboding, but in a kind of a way it's like the swagger that goes with with Roddy Piper so well. Um, you told me something that I had never heard before. I, I'm pretty sure it was you. I'm I'm kind of a little drunk right now, <laughs> but it, you you told me something you that um, John Carpenter wrote the soundtrack, watching like the cadence of Roddy oh, Piper just walking. Yes, I watched um, one of my favorite YouTube channels, and I'm trying to do better with my shoutouts. So I can give my my sources. So definitely go check out Good Bad Flicks on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He does. I love I love his stuff. Um, but uh, watching his They Live video, uh, he mentioned um, Carpenter writing that that kind of like blues riff around the way that Piper walked. And it, I mean, you can watch it. And I mean. It, it, it's not one for one through the whole movie, but like you get the way that he moves and it just makes sense. And I'm like, I, it, I had no idea, but it makes so much you, sense. You, you told me that. And then I, when I watched it this week, it really is. And especially in this movie, there at some point we need to talk about Piper's acting, but I don't think this is the place. I just want to focus on the start. And it's got that blues. It's got that synth blues. So you mm-hmm. get the synth, that very rhythmic. And then you get the harmonica too, which which Piper fakes playing pretty obviously yeah. later in the movie. <laughs> um, but the, that harmonica and the blues... That is that's the music of the downtrodden. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it and it really fits. I mean I, they live should probably be mandatory watching for anything any kind of class that talks about art and how art is a reflection of society. And there, there, maybe there was some time, there was a period not long ago where, like, it didn't fit anymore. Because this was really written to fit the 
Reagan years. Yeah. And what was going on in the economy. But we kind of get a lot of that now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this idea that <laughs> the, the working poor um, are a real big part of this movie. Um, the, other, the other note I wrote was just, you get Piper at the train station, or, or the train goes by, and, and then Piper's just standing there, and then he walks into screen. Mm-hmm. And walks into the city. And he's looking up at all the skyscrapers. And to me, something I never really put two and two together to before, but these skyscrapers are shot in a way that you're not like looking at a cityscape. Like the, the horizon of the skitty cityscape. I'm I'm it, um I'm I'm big on fucking license plates. Me and Jackie have to think about license plates. The Illinois, the standard Illinois plate shows like the 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 Chicago skyline. This okay. is not that. Right. This is this is ground level looking up at these skyscrapers. And to me, yeah. it shouted that these skyscrapers, this is the modern ivory towers. Um, this is modern castles. These things are huge. And the people that inhabit them, I mean, and and when I say inhabit, I'm talking to offices. I'm I'm not necessarily talking about homesteading. Nobody's living at the top level of these right um, skyscrapers. The one, really, the one percent. Think <laughs> other than the, the one percenters, maybe. Yeah, but but they're they're above us, looking down on us. So it's and shot it's, in a way that we're looking up at them. We never really have any moments with them either. I mean. Which kind of, I didn't even think about that, but it super works because there's, you know, I mean, he has the moment where he gets in the TV studio, him and uh, Keith David, right? And that's kind of by happenstance itself, but they're never like involved with like the overlords of this alien invasion, assimilation, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. They're really just involved with one TV station. So, oh yeah, like yeah. the bigger, higher up, you know, people in charge, human, alien, whatever. Like that's never even considered in this movie, which is, uh, like crazy to think about. It it's it's really kind of indicative. Of the idea of the one percenter, you you brought up the one percenter. Uh-huh. When when most people think of one percenter today, when I think of the one percenter, I won't even say most people. When I think of one percenters these days, I, who do I think of? I think of Murdoch. I think of the Cooks. I think of George Soros, and I I think of Gates, mm-hmm. Cuban, maybe Cuban. Gates, um, uh, fucking Tesla guy, Musk, uh, yeah, Elon, fucking Elon Musk smells like Musk. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I mean, so what did I just name? I named eight people, right? If those eight people were the entire one percent, then there's only eight hundred people alive. Yeah, how many? How many one percenters can you actually name? There you can't, because they have no connection 
to the rest of us. And and sure. and you see it in this movie, like the the top dudes in in the fucking aliens, even though they're like they're controlling all of us. There's no there's no connection there. They're not they don't have to come down and talk to us or meet with us or shake our hands or you know they're so far fucking above yeah. us that there's not even connection. That's worlds apart. I've seen they might I've as seen well that stuff be on with another um, fucking planet. I, I, another planet. Absolutely. I've seen stuff about Indiana. You've like, seen this uh, stuff. Multimillionaires, billionaires, whatever they are. Oh, and yeah. it's uh, Russian oligarchs. They're so rich and just so removed from like society in a way, like peasant society, <laughs> normal, normal people way of living that like, we never even hear of them. And I'm like, that's fucking crazy. But there, I mean, there are plenty of apparently these rich people that you will never even hear of mostly in your life, unless you go like trying to search for them, uh, that just kind of have this money that never goes away. Um, in whatever industries they're a, a part of or born into, um, and that's where you're. I don't even know if that would even be one percent. One percent may even be higher than that. Um, because then that maybe that uh, brings with it a certain celebrity. Uh, but in this one, we don't we don't get that one percent, or even may, even the kind of tier below it. Um. So it would be interesting. I know people don't want sequels or remakes uh, to to things that are as classic as this, and I understand. But it would be intriguing to see that um, dichotomy played out. You know, thirty, forty years later. Like, has anything really changed? Like, you know, at the end of the movie, we get Piper. You know, blowing up the satellite, which reveals. I mean, he doesn't reveal the whole world. That's just one dish on top of a TV station. So that's one viewing area. They could probably quarantine that, right? Like you, I feel like you could probably contain that. And then you'd probably have a whole like thing in other uh, like cities and stuff that have, um, you know, it becomes kind of like an underground thing. Like I have this YouTube video, right? It's unlisted, but you have to watch it because it shows, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper exposing the lizard people for what they are. <laughs> and you'd be like, okay, okay. I, I, yeah, I'll watch that. I'll watch that for sure. Thanks. Uh, go on, go on. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. And especially with the climate of, of society now, I think, I think some kind of, Something related to they live would be super, super good now. And Carpenter is so, talking about uh, making some kind of a, a thing sequel. I mean, he's he's talking about some movies again. So, you know, it would be not. It would be. So, oh man, it would be so good to get another Carpenter movie because it's been so long. Yeah, he's been focused on his music and stuff. And to give you an idea. Like I said, I I named eight people. I mean, can go ahead, Chris. Like name name someone who's ultra rich in the United States outside of those eight that I already named. I got nothing. One percent of the population of the United States 
is still over three million people. Yeah. And that number just gets bigger, right? As, as people are born every day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. People are born Uh, into that 1%, which makes that 1% even better. God. What? It, what it's, the fuck? it's insane how many people are actually in that over with rich. Which because you say one percenter and most people I mean maybe I'll be generous and say like most people when I say name some one percenters, they're at max listing off like fifteen names. But yeah. no, there are three million names <laughs> in that one percent. I mean, like what I was saying, like just the Indianapolis elite. We don't even know. And like you take into account. And I think that's, I think that's some of their power is that they, you don't even know who they are. It's intriguing. Um, And I think that could, I'm not saying I want a remake or even a sequel, but something like that certainly could uh, play its part in one of those. If it was to, to happen. Um, Hey, yo, John, if you, if you're thinking about it, call me and Dave, we got some ideas. Yo. We'll help you. We'll yeah. help you. Yeah. We will. Okay. I'm just going to say this. I'm going to drop it after I say it. Okay. They live versus Nightbreed. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm going to drop it right there. Maybe it's the whiskey talking. I'd probably it's the whiskey talking. Oh, man. The whiskey's about to talk some more. <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. That's what we're here for. Um, so let's let's move on from the one percent. Let's talk about a little bit of let's let's talk about the the acting. Let's talk about uh, Piper's acting, Keith David. Um, okay. Uh, I mean, Meg Meg Foster. We get they're fucking great. The Eternal Buck Flower. Um, I, I feel like Buck Flower is a good place to jump in. Uh, how many how many times has Buck Flower actually worked with John Carpenter? It sure seems like a hell of a fucking lot. I, I mean, dude was certainly typecast, I would say. But I mean, he as a homeless guy, how do you get ho- typecast <laughs> as the fucking homeless guy? Uh, what's do you have a bo problem, Buck Flower? Maybe, maybe. But what what's more concerning to me is he reminds me of one of my uncles from when I was a kid, uh, to a, at least to a degree. So whenever I see him, he reminds me of of my uncle. Um, so there's kind of like this uh, like warm nostalgia when I see Buck Flower, <laughs> okay. which maybe isn't what they're going for, especially in They Live, who um. Goes from that homeless, like derelict, whatever, uh, into being like, I wouldn't say in the 1%, but like he is welcomed into that, which I, I am still a little confused by as far as the plot of this goes. Like, that's just not a thing that happens. I just don't, or I mean, as far as my fucking middle of the road, whatever <laughs> and society goes. Um, but he goes from it's being a homeless be... guy to just like one of kind of the elite. Like he's like, Hey fellas, uh, here's my pass. I'm showing my buddies around. Yeah. It's gotta be the, 
probably the biggest stretch of the movie. Yeah, and, and if you're knocking, if you're knocking this movie for anything, that might be it. But I don't hate it. I don't. I don't even hate that part. I don't think it's bad. Uh, oh. Um, it just he's he's a dickhead when the uh, when the TV hackers they hack into the TV signal and they're like trying to tell the truth. Right. He's the dickhead. Like these assholes. These assholes come in once a week. <laughs> and I'm tired of hearing them. And like you know, he's he's that guy, right? Like somebody's trying to tell you the truth, and you're ignoring it. But obviously, when he heard the truth, he was like all in on selling out. So, which I mean, I'll be honest, I can't even blame him. Uh, I kind of, in a certain way, kind of like under understand. I wouldn't say that that, that that's where I would be in a similar situation. But, like, you know, when the DirecTV's going out, I'm like, God damn it, you stupid piece of shit. I'm going to call them, and I'm going to get this bill down. This is fucking stupid. We're in 2022. There's no call for this. <laughs> but then if, if not- you called DirecTV customer service, and they were like, look, we'll let you in on a secret. We're taking over the world. Yeah, come on board. Secretly, we, secretly we've already taken over the yeah, world. Yeah, we're going to hug you. And there's nothing going to change. You're part of DirecTV but, um, now. Yeah. That's yeah, no, no, you're no. part. You're part of the collective. Yeah, I believe me. I, I, I have called Directv and bitched till my face was blue. They've never offered me like a, a cut. <laughs> They're like I'm, best. I'm best not, we can do is like one percent off your bill. I'm like, I'll take it. Whatever. I we had Directv. Side side note. Side uh, story. Drunk story. We had Directv. And I called them because they were advertising all over DirecTV channels saying, oh, yeah, new customers get this. Yes. Well, we were paying it. We were paying fucking twice that. Yeah. And I called them up and I was like, hey, I want that deal. And they're like, you can't get that. You're already a customer. I said, well, okay, cancel my subscription to DirecTV and I'll renew tomorrow. And they said, no, if you cancel, you're not eligible for this deal for one year. I said, well, I sure as hell hope for your sake <laughs> that Comcast don't do something else for me. And and fucking Comcast are assholes, too. Oh. Comcast are on All the same them. level evil as DirecTV. Oh, yeah. But every goddamn year when my, com- when my Comcast bill goes up because I'm not a new user anymore, uh-huh. if I call them, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you the new user rate. And beep, 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 tap a few keys on the computer. Yeah. And... Boom, I get the new user rate. Drip, fuck, suck a dick and lick a sweaty did, asshole directly. They're, they're do- I have achieved the same level of you with Comcast as me with DirecTV. Like, they came and replaced all of our f- receivers and everything. But I had to, like, bitch until they just gave up and sent me to, like, their retention program. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, I can give you this. And I'm like, wait, so I have to call back every fucking year? To get the Jeez. bill back to where it should be, and they're like, uh, essentially, I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, incidentally, can you just that's sign a thing. me up to get the new, new, uh, the new customer bill yeah. every fucking yeah. time? Which can essentially, just uh, we just got the bill today, and so I have to do that, like literally in it's, the next, the next week or two. Um, 
which I can't we wait. Are, we are literally, I, we are off on such a tangent, but we are literally. I feel like it still applies, though. To, it still applies we're to. We're about to cut cable. I I would love to. And I, uh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, I tried to do the YouTube uh, TV thing, which I still think is even a, is a pretty it's good like deal. Fifty seven dollars a fucking month, man. Yeah, but for like for all the channels that we watch, no, no, uh, no, it, it it is get it is look. still half the price of what Directv is. Holy shit, dude! Get you a Roku. This is why I'm in the process. We have of. one. Uh. Legal note, if you work for you, Roku or Comcast, I legally require you to quit listening now. <laughs> and and that's binding as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I, uh, I'm i no lawyer, but I think that's... I am in the out. process of verifying that I have Comcast uh-huh. until all of my Roku channels are verified as I'm allowed them. And then I'm fucking cutting Comcast, man. I- yeah. Yeah. Fucking Roku will let me watch ESPN as long as I have a cable company. And so once I've verified it, why can't I drop it? I mean, I guess that's fair. Shit. Stay tuned, Sorry, by the I way, just, for next week. I just put my finger in the whiskey. Trying <laughs> to grab the cup. That's where that's where I'm at right now. Stay tuned for next week because I'll just drop it. Can I drop it now, Dave? what we're going to be talking about next Drop week. It. Okay, so next week we're going to be Drop. talking about physical versus digital along with the the topic of streaming and pirating in there as well. So stick around for that. Um so let's put a pin in that. Let's put a pin in that. Um let's talk about the let's talk about the Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um who how did you feel about his acting in this? Because I'll be honest, um I love him. I fucking love him top to bottom in this. Like, is okay. it realistic? Maybe not. Um, I thought you were going a totally different direction. Uh, no, I fuck. I fucking goddamn. I love Rowdy Roddy Piper in this, and I have since I first watched this. Um, we'll come back around to Nostalgia Corner because I am uh, curious when you first watched this movie. But we'll come back to that if I if I do remember. But um, the Piper Man, uh, what a what a guy for this role. I think. The, I can't think of the another hot person. Rod himself. Yeah, I can't think of another person in that time period that would have brought as much justice to this role. Like he, there's so, just something about him in, as this character that just is perfect to me. So, a, a, a couple things. One, you have to remember that at the time, Hulkamania was. Right, right. Fucking as big as it gets. I I I don't know that at at, at in nineteen eighty eight. I don't know that there was anyone anyone in Hollywood bigger than Hulk Mother Fucking Hogan. Right. I know. I grew up on Hulkamania. I mean, I knew. I know there was only one person every week. Telling me to say my prayers, to eat my vitamins, <laughs> and to listen to my parents. Right. But Hulk motherfucking Hogan. I'm I'm as big a Hogan stan as there is. 
my wife is also a pretty big Hogan stan, believe it or not. Um, or was, or is, I don't know. I, uh, we watch so much wrestling, but maybe, maybe more than actual wrestling, the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon. Just he's a me. pop, he's a pop culture icon, which Piper yeah, but the, really wasn't. The, cost, the cartoon told me that Piper, I should not listen to this dude. No, don't listen to Piper. He's a fucking bad See, guy. Yeah. He was a bad guy. Yeah. But when he came he back was, from this... He was a bad guy. was a bad guy. But when he came back from this, he, could, he couldn't be one. At least for a little while. Um, because right. people... And this was my introduction to Roddy Piper was They Live. And so I've always... Before wrestling? Before, before wrestling. Before wrestling. You got to remember that I'm a, oh, I was shit. I was a, a sperm... <laughs> Until until eighty three, so uh, holy shit! Yeah, dude. yeah, God. yeah. God fucking damn! All it's over, it man. comes it's coming Look. up twice this episode. I'm not young anymore, Dave, and but neither are you. And so Hogan, Hogan, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna look up some dates real quick while I talk. Okay, Hogan was the man. Oh yeah. Um, I there was no at escape the time. That. At the time. Like if if a WWE wrestler, they they didn't do movies, like none of them. Like they were all under contract with WWE. Yeah. And McMahon didn't let people do movies. No. If you want to do a movie, you had to leave the WWE, and the and that held true for Piper. Uh, uh, he so Piper had to leave the WWE. But guess what? They live opened at number one. But before that, McMahon was trying to get Piper to stay and do a movie with him. He's like, "Don't do a movie with Carpenter. I'll, I'll, I'll me, we'll make a movie." Which is, um, what was the Hogan wrestling movie? Blue Thunder was that that one? Blue, I don't, I don't know Blue Thunder. I that know, may, may be prior uh, to that. I'm, I'm no, dumb for that. No holds barred. No holds barred. Hogan did his number of movies. Yeah, but that was the Hogan, one Hogan that he was number. supposedly going to put Piper in instead of They Live. And I'm like, Piper's the fucking man. <laughs> Where would Piper fit into No Holds Barred? He wasn't going to be the good guy. I don't know. And he doesn't. I, I'm sorry. And, and I'm not trying to shit on Piper here because I'm about to pretty much suck his dick when I talk about this his acting in this movie. I can't. But he's no Zeus, man. In in that regard, no. But as far I, Piper left WWE WWF because at the time it wasn't WWE. Let's not fucking be coy, right? It wasn't WWE. It was WWF, and he fucking told McMahon, "Suck my dick under my kilt. I'm going to do this movie. I want to work with this guy. I, I'm pretty sure he didn't even know who Carpenter was." But he wanted to just do something different. And he did this movie, opened at number one, and it it paved the way for Hogan to do that shitty ass movie Suburban <laughs> Commando. It, yeah. I mean I mean it did. Um we're gonna talk we about probably... the top fifty seven WWE films. Oh um, okay. but you know WWE the WWE um... has produced some good fucking shit. The uh but the, it brings up the point of what's the what was the name of that CM Punk uh, movie we watched? How, uh, um, the girl on the third girl floor. on the third floor. Maybe mm-hmm. you know if Piper hadn't done 
they live back in 88. Maybe uh, Phil Brooks wouldn't be starring in that movie uh, a few years ago. I mean, that's very possible. Okay, let's. If you want to play Butterfly Effect, if Piper doesn't do They Live, then WWE Films never gets off the ground. If WWE Films never gets off the ground, who who directed the little known. And I'm going to save this for later, but I'm fucking. Blowing my wand now. <laughs> the best, the best, in my opinion, WWE film of all time, from a horror fan's stand up standpoint, is Oculus. I fucking That's love a this WWE movie. production? It is a WWE what? production. It gives me I've watched this thing a dozen times, and every time I I get goosebumps and I'm fucking scared. This what? movie legit. Like gets to me. We'll have to come. I love this movie. It and it's a WWE movie. Hold on, Chris. Who directs Oculus? If you can guess, I haven't. I don't think you can. I'm gonna stop you right there, Mike fucking Flanagan. So if if Roddy Piper, if Roddy Piper never says tells Vince McMahon to suck his dick and he walks away, then Mike Flanagan. Never gets a chance to do Oculus for WWE films, and then we never get Haunting of Hill House, and we House never get Bly. Midnight Mass. Yeah, fuck House of Bly, man. I know you. Sh- you shut the fuck up. You shut I the fuck up. Into the podcast. I'm, this, I'm stopping this now. This podcast is over. <laughs> oh, I love a love story, Dave. You leave me alone. Um, <laughs> you fucking <laughs> chick lick motherfucker. Hey. We may be talking about wrestling right now, but right, uh, right. Let's man. I it. still love in my heart. Look, this is no, this is no suburban commando. This is a good. This is a good movie. Okay, <laughs> I mean, you're yes. right. You're right. Just say it. Roddy Piper is known. Screen, um, Mike Presence. I'm, I'm just talking about Mike Presence. Mm-hmm. What is Mike? Is uh, Roddy Piper known for? He's known for being the wild man. He's high energy. He's the wild man. He's got that. He had that crazy fucking laugh in the eighties mm-hmm. that used to give me chills because I thought this motherfucker would hurt somebody in the ring if he got the opportunity. <laughs> so that's very interesting. Um, that's very interesting. So you knew, you knew uh, Piper prior to they live, right? Yes. See, that's my and, introduction and, to and him. And he was the higher energy guy. And he was the higher energy yeah. guy. But what does he play as Nada in They Live? Reserved. He's sub- maybe introverted. He's so subdued. Yeah. Um. Well, maybe. Like he he is, and and I feel like we have to talk about the working poor. Um. And this. Um. I don't know. It's necessarily a modern idea. Um. But this idea of. Uh, if you're on fucking welfare, it's because you're lazy. It's because you lack moral integrity. All this shit. Right. It's really not. No. And I and I in real life, it is not. But there was a real. I mean, there are people that have really pushed this idea that if you're on unemployment, it's your own fucking fault. Mm. Like you're too lazy to work. I but mean, here he is depicting a guy that's. One subdued. He's not this crazy like loose cannon. Yeah. Um. He's not a wild card. Bum, bum, a wild bum, card, bum. bitches. 
just bum, I fucking love bum, me a wild card. Bum, 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 He's just bum. That's that's he even shows up. That's the heartbeat of the movie, and that's his character is that relaxed. Yeah. Bum, bum, bum. That's that's Piper in this. That's not a. But there's 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 kind of a driving quality to that. It's yeah. so consistent. It's that. And that's he he's really to work for a living. He shows up to the construction site and he's like, Hey, you know, you got you got a job for me? And he wants to work. He shows up to the homeless camp, and the first thing they say is uh he tells them he's like, Hey, I, I got tools. They're like, You got tools? <laughs> yeah, man. I, we need you to fix the fucking showers. And he's you know, he doesn't hesitate. He's all in. Roddy Piper is... He's the everyman in this movie. He's not the bad guy. Yeah. He really don't start out as the good guy. He's just the guy. He's just... Yeah. And I mean, that was part of, I think... The uh, original... Um, where the, the inspiration for this movie come from? 8 O'Clock in the Morning by Ray Nelson, which... Mm-hmm. I'm a slacker. I'm a loser. I'm a nada. <laughs> I was going to read it. It's only like three or four pages long. Um, but I mean, it's out there and it's, I wanted it in physical form, which is part of the reason I didn't read it. Cause I couldn't find it to own. I wanted to hold it and absorb it and just, but I don't, I'm just not that into reading online, like something like that. Um, so I, I couldn't get that, but I know that they were trying to, especially with the name Nada, which means nothing. I want to say, um, that may be from good, bad films. Mm-hmm. I may be taking everything I no, say. No, that's from that. true. In, in, in like Spanish, yeah. it means nothing. Yeah. Um, and that's what, uh, the, the basis for that character was, was he's, he's a no one. He's a nobody essentially. And then, like, what would a nobody do in that situation? I would, I would say he rose above that. But, um, yeah. Uh, in comparison to to what you were saying, um, this was my introduction to to Piper, which I don't even remember when I first saw this. Uh, we need to take a real quick trip to Nostalgia Corner because I'm curious where you arrived to this movie at, since you already knew him before this. Um, for me, I saw They Live on TV probably sometime in the early 90s, or maybe just maybe like 1990. I don't know. I saw it and I remembered it very clearly, but I didn't, you know, they, it's not like they come on various times throughout the movie and they're like, the movie you are watching is this. That's not something you got. So if you saw something you liked, even on the radio, um, a lot of times you would just have to wait and hope you caught it at the beginning or something, or you'd never know. Um, and that, this was one of those times where I, I remembered the movie and I wanted to know what it was. And I, I, it took me a year, a couple years uh, to find out that it was, they live. And so I had but just based on that. Uh, I'd always known uh, Roddy Piper as the, as the face, the baby face of, of it all. So years later, when I get into wrestling, 
at, to find out that he was not the face for most of his shit is kind of mind blowing because I'm like, how? And, and that he was even the heel. Yeah, how? How, how is did, he how not? Did you, how did you feel when you found out he was the heel? Like, uh, not even the heel, but like one of the like most effective heels. I'm all right. There were two heels above all else. Mm-hmm. Well, three. I'll say three. And it was Roddy Piper, it was Andre the Giant, and it was Ric Flair. I, I mean, there were no heels above those heels. I mean, and a lot of a lot of his heelish came from just talking, which immediately lends itself was- to acting. And I, I mean, to to come back around, like they could not boo him when he came back to wrestling after. After acting in this, and for good reason. I mean, I can't. I still have a hard time seeing him as the bad guy, just because that was my introduction he, to him. He was he he kind of turned good for a while. Yeah, and and then he he was actually once he turned good. I, I have to say he probably stayed there. Um, I was a huge wrestling guy in the eighties. I was a big wrestling guy in the nineties. And after Hogan retired and he came back, uh, WCW, WWE, when he came back with the NWO, mm-hmm. it really felt like it was Hogan's greatest hits. And he was tell he he kind of did this thing where when I was the good guy, I got to beat all these bad guys, mm-hmm. and I. It, I I don't know if it was Hogan because a lot of personal sh- like real life in real life shit has come out about Hogan that yeah. makes me think that like in real life Hogan's a fucking asshole. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That I would not want to know in real life. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, like I never got yeah, that from he's... Piper. From what I've watched, uh, he always seemed like a man of whatever craft he was working with, whether it was acting or wrestling. Uh, which I mean, honestly, just endears him more to me. And what a fucking shame that he is n- not here anymore to to talk about this stuff. But there was um, what was the Bill Maher show that he had uh, prior to whatever the fuck he's doing now? He had something, and he had wrestlers on, and he mentioned at the I don't know if it was the top of show, but he mentioned um. You know, oh wow, you're you're fake fighting something like that, and Piper immediately is like, "Shut your fucking whore mouth! Look at this scar! Look at this broken joint here, and this and that." He's he was a he was the first one of this group of four or five wrestlers, including the Icon Sting, that he stands up and is like, "No, it may be predetermined and all that, but look at these injuries that I've got that are visible on my body." And that is the exact quote I was going to bring up is that I, I heard, well, I, I won't say exact quote because it, I didn't hear it as a quote from Piper, but the quote I heard was that at some point Piper told his oldest son, son, wrestling is not fake. Mm-hmm. It is predetermined. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that simple sentence, he was saying like, we all know all the actors, all the all the wrestlers, all the athletes know. Because I I've come 
180. I've done a whole 180 spin on wrestling. Right. I was like all in on wrestling. And then one day we, me and my friends were talking and we used to like, we used to score arguments. Um, and all you had to do was claim a point. Like it, there was no <laughs> fucking real bullshit. It was debating. No or, yeah, there was no, um, there were no, uh, unbiased observers. Right. Like if we were arguing uh-huh. and most of the time we were high or drunk or both. Like if you were like, if we were arguing and you put out a good point, you were just like point. And, and you got a point. You like declared your own fucking points. At, but at, at one point we were arguing wrestling and we I take it back. We were actually arguing sports. Okay. And my, my friend Jerry Mack said uh, his favorite sport was wrestling. And this was right after we like had a huge fucking pool where everyone threw money in mm-hmm. to see who would win the the Royal Rumble. And like you didn't even like you didn't pick people, you just drew names. And I won. I fucking won with Razor Ramon. So I RIP here Razor Ramon RIP Razor won the Oh yeah, R.I.P. Just uh, um, this week, just this week. Anyway, uh, whatever year he went won Royal Rumble, um, that's the year this happened. That uh, a buddy of mine said wrestling was his favorite sport. 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 Um, but when he said that, and um. 90, it was like 90 fucking three or 94, somewhere around there. Right. When that happened, I said, you know what? This is fucked up. Like, I've got, I know people whose favorite sport is, is rigged. And so I left wrestling, but I've since come around and realized what athletes these guys are. Okay. How much work they fucking put in. And, um, and now this quote from Ronnie Piper. <clears throat> Son, acting is not wrestling is not fake. It's predetermined. Mm-hmm. These guys are going out there and they're really doing something. They're obviously not fucking really kicking each other in the dick. They're obviously not really like tombstoning motherfuckers on their skull right. because everyone would be fucking there paralyzed be, yeah, at this there'd point. There'd be no wrestlers left. <laughs> Right. It's it's a it's a but, but, delicate but the, kind of violent ballet in a way. It's a storytelling thing, which is what really sold me on it. Because I for a long time, like my best friend in the '90s, you know, was super into Stone Cold and The Rock and stuff. And I was just like, if this is fake, I don't understand why we're watching it. And it took me oh. decades later before I was like, so, oh. Buy into the story of it. That's what, that's what, like, I, and then you just kind of absorb the things. Like, sometimes there's botches and things that don't make sense in a story perspective. I remember when Buff, when, when, uh, Buff Bagwell broke his neck. And the number one rule when someone breaks their necks is you don't move them, you let the EMTs move Mm in. But what do they do with Rick? Buff Bagwell has broke his mech and they rolled him on top of Rick Steiner for the three count. 
And then immediately got the ambulance in there. (laughs) So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Your wife was a referee for a local promotion for a local amateur wrestling. Yeah. Like, I mean, really, I wouldn't even call it amateur semi-pro. Because they got paid, right? I don't know if Bonda got paid, but they got paid. She was there. I don't think there was much pay to anybody, but uh, yeah. But they sold tickets, They did right? sell tickets. I mean, um, shit. Uh, Ricky the Morton from the uh, Rock and Roll revenue. Express, she's met him. She fucking hates Ricky Morton. <laughs> um, I'm like, how can you hate this guy? Like, But she's got her reasons. I'm like, okay. I trust you more than I trust anything else. So, yeah. Um, she was a she was a ref. She, I mean, she became she started as a ref and ended up becoming um, kind of a manager, somewhat of a manager. Um, and she has missed it ever since. So I've been I've been talking to her about getting back into that because. But 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 um, continue continue your point. I'm I'm blocking you. So so it, I I don't know. I'm drunk and I'm rambling. <laughs> Fair. Ru- Roddy Piper was known for this high energy, like super dude, super energy dude, the bad guy. And here he is. He's he's a the good guy. Yeah. He's B subdued. The underdog. He's just the average guy. He's the underdog. He's not this high energy bombastic good dude. Except for his line un- until his line comes and he's like, one, you you get so many iconic quotes from this. Uh, you're ugly. Like your face fell on the cheese dip in 1957. <laughs> She's okay, but not you. And the uh, formaldehyde face. He calls the bitch formaldehyde face. And then the whole uh, and and when he when he comes back into the bank, he's killed the cops. Right. And so there's no turning back. And he tells them. He comes into the bank. I came to. Kick ass and chew bubblegum and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Yeah, one of I would say top 10 most iconic movie lines for me for sure. But I, I think it stands, I think it stands, uh, movies in general, like Scarlet. I do give a damn or whatever fucking bullshit. Like, I've never, uh, I've never watched Gone yeah. with the Wind. I don't give a fucking frankly, shit. my dear. I don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah. um, yeah. to me. You know, it's, I, his, to his, me, this is top two. I think, I think I agree. Uh, the coming to get you, Barbara. I think this is, uh, oh, fuck. Okay. No, that's three. That's easy three for me. I think this is top up two is that. up in the air. Top and two is up in the air for me. It's either bubblegum or it's I kick ass for the Lord. Oh, shit. That's a good one. That is a good one. Those are the top two for me. And I don't know which one's on top. Yeah. That's a that would take a team of a team of judges, <laughs> but I mean that just comes that just shows how Piper was in this movie. Like he just delivered. Um, mm. Also, Keith David. I mean, I feel like we're we're talking more about uh, Piper, which is fair, which is fair. But I mean, Keith David was there. Whenever I see Keith David or listen to him, he was he was Nick Fury in, in the Marvel Heroes games. And Marvel Heroes, the game. Sorry. R.I.P. Another R.I.P.? God damn it. Um, but I am used to, like, older man Keith David. Weirdly, 
So when I, when I watch They Live, like I'm used to that being my my Piper, but that Keith David weirdly is not my Keith David. Okay. If that makes any kind of fucking stupid sense, but it <laughs> in my my broken brain it does cuz I'm used to, uh, my Keith David is an older gentleman and like but in this one he is he is a younger man, he is uh we have to talk about the fight. We have to talk about the fight. <laughs> enough, Chris. I'm calling it enough. Uh, this is not our WWE podcast, but I'm kind of thinking it's time to start a, a wrestling <laughs> podcast on the side. It may be. Got to get that side hustle. Let's talk about why we're here. The fight. And that's the, the fight. The fight, yes. The fight. Um, Keith David, Roddy Piper, knockdown, throwdown, just how I don't know the exact time, and I feel like people embellish it and they're like, "Oh, it's forty minute fight." It's not. It's five minutes, six minutes, uh, five minutes and twenty seconds. Okay, that's uh, the that's the closest I can find to an exact count of this. And fight. originally written as a. 32nd fight. You can't. I, you just can't. I mean, this fight is, I would say, maybe the most, at least to me, the most iconic movie fight maybe ever. There's it, it, re- it, there's legit wrestling moves that they, <laughs> that they do. Oh, he suplexes them. Yeah, suplexes yeah. him, has like a backdrop kind of thing. Um, I guess they had a mat around there or maybe the whole thing was a mat that they painted to look like concrete um good bad flicks i think i learned that from uh and it just i love the fact that they're doing these wrestling moves but in like a realistic kind of sense like he gets suplexed and he's laying there for a good couple seconds like selling it being like holy fucking shit that hurts so bad i love that kind of stuff it's Ugh, it, I love so you, it. You gave um, you gave Good Bad Flicks a shout out earlier. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Junk Food Cinema. Uh, they don't they don't strictly do horror, but they they talk about a lot of movies, and they're really good. These guys are really good. Junk Food Cinema. I they, need to check them out. I've not heard of yeah, them. They they they've been in it a long time, okay. and they turned me on. and And they quoted someone else, and I can't. To be honest. And, and to in in the sake of honesty, I'm too drunk to remember <laughs> exactly who they quoted. But somebody that Someone. they quoted said that an a fight is just an argument with fist. And this is this fight is Fair. truly that. Fair. Like it's not two guys. They're they're not opposed to each other. They don't hate each other. Yeah, yeah. They don't have uh, opposing ideologies. Like it's not like I'm gonna kick your ass because I hate you <laughs> or right. anything like that. It's it's an argument. Put on the glasses versus no. I don't want to put on the fucking glasses. And that is such like a brotherly kind of a thing. Like brother, you know, like. If there's something you don't want, like me, me and my, my bro Harlan are, are Harlan! whenever I watch this, it, it reminds me a lot of this because we've been in, 
I wouldn't say knockdown drag out fights like this, but similar things where he's hit me with a cymbal stand. And I don't even remember the pain of that as a 13 or 14 year old, because we were just, you know, stupid assholes, which is what I like in this fight to be is like two friends that are stupid assholes. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna sh- I want to shout out if I can shout out real quick, Chris. Sure. I've not. Some, I think I might have mentioned some people in the course of two and a half seasons, almost three seasons of the podcast. Oh, yeah, I've. I've I've mentioned some people, but there are a few people that, to this day, I haven't talked to in years. Okay. And if they, if if I got a phone call, was like, Dave, I gotta do some shit. There are a handful of people that I'm there for, and so I'm gonna shout those motherfuckers out right now. And that's that's my brothers, Jake. Jeremy, aka Zeus, and Matthew. I'm 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 gonna call those motherfuckers out, but then I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit deeper. And motherfuckers that I called <laughs> my cousins. You hear that? That's me beating my you, fucking chest for these the, motherfuckers. I understand. I understand. Kenny, Kurt, Raymond, and I'm I'm gonna throw out Malcolm Swim. I, Kenny, Kurt, Raymond, yeah. Whitchurch. And Malcolm Swim, I haven't talked to you motherfuckers <laughs> in in a, a year. It's been a year since I talked to Kenny, and that was only like fucking some kind of like God. The force directed me to fucking accidentally talk to Kenny. <laughs> I haven't talked to these motherfuckers in years outside of that, and these motherfuckers are my blood, man. I understand. I understand. But Stella didn't under quite understand when we first like got to get back together because we dated once before. I was I we dated once before when they were my when when they were my blood. And then we got back together and I hadn't talked to these motherfuckers. And I haven't talked to these motherfuckers in years. But these people are my blood. And every single one I have had a physical fist fight with. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not because I hate them. No, I understand. Not because I hate them. Because I mean, I this might be the the Elisha Craig talking right now. Because I'm a I'm a half of a fifth end. You know, Dave, the only person I that love I can these motherfuckers, I, the only person I can uh, apply to an exemption to that rule of like you beat the shit out of your closest best friends is you. <laughs> Because we became friends a little bit later in life. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the only thing I can apply that to. Like me and Harlan, me and Larry, my my posse, me and Tim, who was like my, you know, I will I will kill you f- I, for my Tim. I've heard the stories about how he used but, to like fucking oh my God. bag you. He would punch he me in my dick and my balls <laughs> so hard every time I would see him. But the uh, like the the ball dropped a few a couple years after our uh, after this whole thing started, and I retaliated, and that's what set me and him down the path to become you know best friends, and so that's what we are, um, and we <laughs> love to, love to talk about it, but uh, we probably have talked about it on the show, but I, that that's just a thing. Like some people don't understand, like. 
weirdly, me and you are the exception to the rule. Like, uh, is there going to come a time when you're going to beat me up, Dave? Because I don't want that. <laughs> uh, we may have to. We may have to. Do I don't want to get hurt. We haven't, we haven't done an episode together, like in the same physical location. Not for three since years. Episode one. Yeah. If we'd have done, and so we may have to because yeah. I'm drunk enough right now. I will get in a fucking fight with me. That's fucked to see. I think, yeah, I dude. Like- I would right now. <laughs> I, I would kill punch you. you in the face and be like, "I love you, Chris," and punch you in the fucking face, man. Oh, horror ha- hor- rabble. <laughs> Let it be noted that Dave would kill me for your entertainment. <laughs> I didn't say kill. I did not say kill. I am. I am I fragile, Dave. Kill. I'm fragile. You are not fragile, man. You're stout. Look, South Park. But that's agreed. How, how much have we have we talked about South Park very much on the show? Uh, I don't feel like we have. I really. don't. I don't know. I don't know. But the uh, that South is South Park mer- did a shot for shot remake of this yeah. fight, which is so with two fucking cripples. Yeah, with Jimmy and Timmy, two of the best characters, fan favorite characters. <laughs> Uh, there, I, there's a dude in the kitchen at work that his name is Jimmy. It's not Timmy. It's not Timmy. But every time I talk, see I, let me start that again. Dave Edit Stein. that out. <laughs> every time I saw it, see Jimmy, then I tell him, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Right. But you know, it's in South Park. It's not really Jimmy. It's Timmy. That's the one that like is like Timmy, Timmy, yeah. Terror. Yeah. You know, but uh, but still, the fucking is so great. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm off on a this. I uh, we're basically just saying you will fight your friends from top to bottom and still love at least your as friend. Hard as you, at least, at least, I will. I have been, except for you, <laughs> I have been in a fist fight with every single one of my bloods, man. Yeah. I mean, if it's a thing that you so adamantly agree on, or not agree on, but like disagree on to like that level, you're like, understand, motherfucker. That's what it is. Like you're grabbing their neck and you're like, under fucking stand. But, and I think that's maybe the difference with me and you, right? Is we do understand and we can understand that the other one doesn't like dreamsicles, Dave. But I mean, if you don't like dreamsicles, there's something fundamentally wrong with you. But I'm old enough now. I I think that you have to. I think it's a young man's game. Yeah, I yeah. I think that may be. Of I'm going to impose my will physically because I care enough about you that I want you to like the same things. I want you to think the same as me. And I care enough. That you think the same as me, that I'm going to impose my will physically. Right. There, Which there, is okay. this. Not all masculinity is toxic masculinity. Let's get that out of the way. Okay. But there's an element of masculinity that says, like, if I disagree with you, I'm going to have to hit you with a fucking symbol stand <laughs> yes. at some point in this conversation. Yes. Uh. For me, that's the perfect representation. That's the perfect uh, way to describe that. Uh, (laughs) Because 
this is a whole this is a whole different episode, but it's it, it works so perfectly for what they were fighting for. Oh yes. If it's yes. like Dave, I need you to understand my point of view, and you're like, like actively saying like I don't want to even try to understand what that is, right? I disagree. I disagree with you. It's a fist fight. But it like. But if it's like, it's for you, it's for your family, it's for this, it's like, I have to have you understand this, then that's when that, you know, like, that's what that is. And it makes so much sense. It may not make sense to people that don't have close friends. I once, I once ran into a dude with a, with a 72 Cadillac sedan to bill. I once almost ran him the fuck over <laughs> and have not felt as much anger to this dude that I ran, almost ran over with a 72 Cadillac Sandabelle as I have for my fucking best friends back in the day, man. Because there's, I don't know what it is, dude. I don't know what it is. It's fucking primal. It's like, I love you so much that I have to fight you right now. Yeah. It's a weird thing to, to even try to describe. Yeah. But it, it is and a real thing. It is a real thing. <laughs> I'm going to bring us back to the movie. Okay. Apparently, like real life IRL, Keith David and Roddy Piper had this. So my understanding is that this fight was supposed to be last about 30 seconds. And it was supposed and Keith David and Roddy Piper were practicing it in the back lot of the recording studio where John Carpenter did all his music. Okay. And they both like were like as they were were rehearsing it this they were rehear Oh shit. They were rehearsing <laughs> a 30 second fight. And it just kept building like no. Right. It can't be that. Because and I I get it when you feel so strongly about something even if it's something as small as yeah. I don't want to fucking put those sunglasses on. I mean, you get a superhuman level of of fortitude. Yeah, I won't even I won't say strength because it's, it's not like it's I won't so put weird. the glasses on and then you have to bust <laughs> over your head. But it's a fortitude, man, that yeah. you just become so fucking certain. It just becomes a part of your soul where you're like, I'm not doing this thing that you want me to do because reasons okay look kenny whitchurch my boy kenny whitchurch we were watching a wrestling match and it was um the very first it was not a pay-per-view it was a regular like tv match wwf (laughs) brawl right with kevin the hitman Hart and brett the undertaker (laughs) (laughs) what's that kevin <laughs> okay. Don't get us canceled, Dave. Don't get us canceled. <laughs> Bret Hart. Kevin the Hitman Bret Bart. Hitman. It, was, it was Bret the Hitman Hart versus Undertaker. Okay. And I remember, I remember very fucking vividly. If you motherfuckers have something else to say, please hit us up and fucking correct the record. But until the record is corrected, I stand by. Kenny and um, 
Jason Daniels fighting over this match. And the exact argument was, who would win if it was real? They both acknowledged, they both 100% acknowledged (laughs) that this shit is not real. And I think Jake somehow got involved in this. But it started out with Kenny and Jason Daniels. And Kenny opened the front door to my house and told Jason, if you disagree, let's go out in the fucking front yard and fight this out. (laughs) And Jason Daniels was like, sure, Kenny, I'll go in the front yard and fight you. And as he's walking out the door, past Kenny, like, politely opening the fucking door and, you know, bowing and letting him out. As he walks past, Kenny sucker punches this motherfucker. Oh, shit. And they start a big fucking knockdown drag out fight and then Jake jumps in just to stop the fucking fight and be like you guys are idiots this is fucking fake why are we fighting and it ends with me telling Jake get the fuck out of my house don't ever come back like I mean to tell you the truth I was high I was drunk and I was like a little bitch man I was like fuck you guys for fighting I don't want to see no more fighting right I I understand but they, they we were, we should have. They were fighting over. We should have brought up that substances can play a part in these <laughs> altercations because, uh, you know, there's there's a part in this fight where um, um, Piper goes for the low blow, right? And Keith David is like stunned, like he blocks it, but he's stunned. He's like. You dirty motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not fake. It, that's not fake. That's very real. That's very organic. I mean, this movie, this fight seems so fucking It's one real. of the most action-packed parts of the movie. Truthfully, I mean. Oh, yeah. Out, outside of this fight, like, like 80% of the movie is like just shit happening but like not action even when he yeah. goes into the uh bank and starts blowing people away there's not this real feel of of like consequences right but when he fights with keith david in the alley there's this you really feel consequences and when he goes for the low blow and keith block keith david blocks it and he's like you motherfucker you get a <laughs> i mean that's real. Like, okay, we're yeah. fighting. I, I have fought with my friends, but if they went for the low blow, like, that's another level. You just fucking cranked it up to 11. Dude. Now, one thing that I don't understand and need a little bit of clarification for is, so Piper has the two by four and swings at Keith David, but like breaks the back window of the car. He says, like he immediately is like, Oh shit. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't know if he's saying, Oh, sorry. I was going to use such a extreme way to hurt you. Or I think that's I'm what it is. so sorry. I broke your windshield, which is what I originally right. thought it was, but, I'm but like, I don't think that's Keith David's car. I mean, it doesn't make sense that it would be right. <laughs> but that's what I thought it was originally, which no, I, in a way kind of homeless with no car. Yeah. In a way, it kind of does make sense though. Uh, to me, uh, like if he did do that, he'd be like, "Oh shit, I've was trying to hit you. I'm sorry, I hurt your car." <laughs> Which is another uh, like I, close friend fight kind of deal. It's like if they broke something near and dear to you, they'd be like, 
fuck, I was trying to hurt you. I wasn't trying to break your shit or like this thing. You know, I, for years I was with you. I, for years I kind of thought that, oh, well, Keith David, this must be his car or something like that. Uh And just thought maybe something got cut out. But I, I do think now, I do think now that this is not that it's Keith David's car, but that, yeah. Oh shit! I'm sorry because I got I could have really hurt you here, <laughs> right. and I'm fighting you like I'm ready to beat the shit out of you, but I actually don't want to injure you. I don't want to. Yeah, and I don't want to cripple you. And yeah, I think I I agree because like why would the it doesn't make sense? I just uh, want you to wear the fucking glasses. Just put please. them on. God damn, <laughs> it becomes desperate, and then when it. You know, watching it now after having watched it, you know, however many times in our lifetimes or whatever, like I felt like it was going to happen sooner than it did. And so when it kept like, put these on and then he didn't and then it, he gets them on us a minute later and it doesn't. There's a real, it's just like, I mean, we, God damn. I mean, I, we've already been at this an hour. I could talk an hour about the subliminal messages that uh, Piper sees and that Keith sees when he finally puts the glasses finally. on or is forced to put the glasses on and drug out to the street. Um, yes. I, I, I do have a question, though. So at one point, Piper goes, he sees the ad for the, the sexy bikini bitch on the beach. Uh-huh. And when he puts the glasses on, this the message is marry and reproduce. You can see how that message kind of matches up with the image shown. Um, when he sees the money at the magazine stand and the image on the money is, this is your God. You can see how that matches up with the, the, the pursuit of riches, the pursuit of money. So you can yeah. see how this matches oh, up. Yeah. My question is nothing related to that. My question is, it's a fucking alien buying the the newspaper. What the fuck is he seeing? Like, why is he buying a newspaper? So he can be told these messages? Don't he see them? Or does he get something else? So it's not just the newspaper. There's like three layers. We never get to see that third layer. I feel like that third layer doesn't... I feel like it's like the aliens, whatever they are, like, they're not here to purchase things. They're here to assimilate us rather than... Yeah, so why does he purchase? For, so for, why does for, he that purchase ex- for that reason, period. Like, I don't think they're here to also buy that product, is what I assume. No. I wonder if there's a third layer here that just says, we got these bitches. We got him. I, I mean, potentially, so. that I um, maybe, uh, um. maybe. <laughs> this has become um. one of those episodes that's just like these guys are going are going for it. So, Dave, the one thing, um, that I want to know because I we we went to Nostalgia Corner a little while ago, and I said when I first saw it, I was I'm curious when you first saw this movie. It it had to be eighty nine or ninety on VHS. I did not watch this in the theaters. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I, as far as I could tell, it, it did open as number one, for, but quickly dropped off, yeah. and it, it was not like considered a super successful like theatrical hit. Right. It it it. This is firmly in that cult following cult success movie realm. Keith, uh, you know, I it, it just is. Um, and uh, that's there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Absolutely this movie not. surely has earned more as much in VHS rentals as it could have hoped to ever earn in the box office. I, I'm I am one of those for sure. And then you know. DVD, Blu-ray. I don't have a Blu-ray of this yet, which I am sorry to report. But uh, Scream Factory does have one. They got mm-hmm. pretty pretty decent new art of you know super buff uh, Piper and Keith David with you know M16s on the cover. It's it's nice. Um, but typically they have the reversible I- cover, so you can get the OG if you want it. Um, so do check that out. Um, I. I personally do need to check that out um i i have a t-shirt that has uh the alien face mm-hmm. and then underneath it just says obey. obey it's not the uh famous artist that did the andre oh, right the giant i didn't realize face, that obey. was andre at first but, until today and i was watching a thing and i was like huh because they mentioned it and i was like they're like here's the obey thing and here's you know the picture of andre i was like Holy shit. The the weirdest thing about that is that this movie is very much an anti-capitalism movie. Uh, yeah. And yet, like, this artist is like, I'm inspired by this anti-capitalist movie to make something super, like, I'm going to cash in capitalism. Right. So, you know, he did this. He did the Andre the Giant Obey. And then he did the... um Obama hope. Okay, right. I, I do remember that. So, and yeah. you know, to kind of speak on like the modern day equivalent of this, I was watching uh, like you know, I love good bad flicks on Netflix, and I was trying to see if there was anybody else that had you know, kind of any kind of other opinions. But I feel like people are mostly in agreement for they live and Piper and Carpenter. But in the midst of my YouTube searching, I found a couple of videos um, since the, um, you t- am I cool? Am I cool to talk about uh, COVID a little bit? Cause I feel like it, uh, I, I think it's okay. Um, I think it's okay. So I saw a couple videos Fan films? I don't know. I don't know that I would even call them that because they're. they're I don't feel like they're getting the, the, the idea of the movie. But they're, you know, in in these modern times, uh, you know, these signs saying, "Please stand six feet apart. Please wear your mask. Please, you know, don't kill your your person in line's grandma." And you know, they're putting on the sunglasses and seeing obey. And you know, consume, conform, uh, all those things from this, and I'm like, that's not what this movie was. That is not even beginning where this movie. I I can't with these videos. 
Uh, but there's more, there's more than one. There's a few out there that are like, they live 2021, 2022. And it's like, I mean, you can say that you've seen it and I understand you understand the basic premise of it, but you're not there. This is not, this is, it's not it. And I think you're a fucking ass. <laughs> you go make movies with Charles band, essentially like, <laughs> So for a long time, I wondered why the aliens look like they did because they look like zombies. I mean, yeah. you know, they don't—they don't look the like teeth exposed, the exposed right. lower chin. It—it it is kind of a zombie makeup, yeah. So my, I—I I, I heard something again, um, junk food cinema. Uh, but I have to, as much as I'm going to shout them out, I heard this in a couple places um okay but I'm, I'm probably too drunk to recount right now um <laughs> uh, but i I've, I've heard that the reason they look like zombies is because what is a zombie and it's a zombie is the corruption of life and the aliens in this okay. movie are look like corrupted humans yeah. And, and really, yeah. that's what the kind of basis of this movie is, is like, as much as this gets thrown around in right-wing cinemas, and to, to the best information I have, like, that is something that really irks John Carpenter. So if, if he's mm. saying that he's willing to make a, a, re, a reboot of this movie or a remake of this movie, that really surprises me. Given how much right wing cinema, and I'm I'm looking at you, uh, David Ick, um, and your idea that you know the Democrats are these lizard people that eat babies and are trying to control us. When the real story of this movie is not aliens and it's not lizard people, and it's just the corruption of the human soul. And it doesn't have yeah. to, it's not aliens, it's not anything like that, it's not zombies, it's not anything like that, it's this, anyone who's willing to put their own finances and their own well-being above the well-being of other people. And I, I don't, I absolutely don't think it's like, um, I can't feed my family so I'm going to get a job that allows me to feed my family and fuck the next homeless guy. It's not that. It's the motherfuckers with... It's the one percenters who aren't happy with their $1 billion a year income. And right. I've got to make more. How much more do you have to make, motherfucker? But they're out there. They are absolutely, and, and I'm going to go on a tangent here, and this is, I probably would go on this tangent even if I want drunk. <laughs> you don't, you don't, you're not a fucking alien. You're just an asshole. If you're like. Hashtag, you're not an alien. You're, you're like, just an asshole. I make so much money that I have to protect, I have to find loopholes outside of paying my taxes. Pay your right. if you're a real patriot, you'll pay your goddamn share of taxes. If you're a real fucking patriot, you'll pay, you'll help the next guy. You'll be like, look, I don't 
I won capitalism. I'm a one percenter. I won. Let me do two things. If I, I really hope, I hope with all my being, I, I'm going, I'm going tangent here. Um, we need a little sound. We need some kind of sound, Chris, for like drunk tangent. I, I need a drunk tangent sound here. When I was in basic training. Okay. When I was in basic training, United States Army, U.S. Army, hoo-ah! basic training, I, I, I got captured, prisoner of war style, in our um, uh, field training exercises at the end of basic training. During, at, this was after we turned blue. I, I received my infantry emblem. We were in AIT. Which, if you're in infantry, AIT is just six more weeks of basic training. Um, I got captured because I was trying to take a fucking piss. And so I left my shallow grave, or, oh, I'm sorry, improvised fighting location <laughs> to take a piss. And my squad leader wouldn't let me have the nods to go to the latrine. And he wouldn't, like, stay with me to watch my back. He was too interested in, you know, he didn't want to lay down in the fucking dirt. All the rest of us had our dick in the dirt. Um, So I had to walk out, and I walked out maybe 20 feet, 20, maybe 20 yards, maybe 20 feet, somewhere in that area, in front of my fighting mm -hmm. position to take a fucking leap. And I got taken prisoner. They led me around to the entrance to our um, our platoon circle. They led me around, and they wanted me to give the command and password. So the command and password is, the, the person guarding the gate is like, halt! Who goes there? And then you identify yourself, and I was like, Private David Hyatt! And then he's like, uh, it's a nice night for a Budweiser, which the code word is probably Budweiser. So he's like, it's a night night for a Budweiser. He just uses it in a sentence. And I'm supposed to bell yell back. I'm supposed to yell back like, uh, pour me a double, bro. But I refuse okay. to give the password. And so I got the fucking shit beat out of me. Physically, like every chance I got, I tried to run. I'm trying to run through the forests in Georgia in the middle of the night with no nods. I almost knocked myself unconscious running face first into a fucking tree. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, my, my, the, I'm laughing the, at your circumstance, not your suffering. The captain of the uh, uh, op four or opposing forces, when we got back to their camp, he called me. He pulled me into his tent. He he told everybody to leave. He gave me a fucking bottle of soda pop. He's like, Private Hyatt, here you go, man. Relax. Would you do? Let me ask you a question. If this was a real war, would you have done that? Like I, I like I I admire your balls. That's why he was pretty much. He couldn't come right out and tell me because I was I fucked up by getting taken prisoner. But he come right out. He's like, if this was a real war, would you have been like okay with that? Because when they asked me for the command and password, 
instead of giving the password that let the bad guys into our fort, I was like, I started yelling like, it's a private high. I've been taken prisoner. Open fucking fire. So I would have been dead along with all of the bad guys. But he called me into his tent afterwards and he, um, he gave me a soda pop. He's like, would you really have done that, man? If this was, if this was real shit, would you have done that? And I was like, I, I don't know, but I, I hope so. And that stick, that is the truth today. Like it, if the aliens came down and said, you know, Hey Dave, we'll let you in on a secret, but, um, and we'll make you that's, fucking rich. Yeah, that's when you get the Buck Flowers situation in the movie, right? Right. And, I, you know, can I blame him for, for selling out? I mean, I I, right. I absolutely hope. When you when you have rock bottom, like, what do you... Uh, I mean, who knows? When you get that to that bottom, which I, some people I don't think ever quite reach... Uh, but if you're there, like, what do you, ha- what do you have to lose? You know, I mean, right. I absolutely, uh, he's hope, one of the most intriguing parts of that movie. I absolutely hope that I would not have sold out, but I'm, but you know, I don't know if it was real life. I don't know if there was yeah. really bullets, if there was real bullets going to fly at me, I don't know. And right. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a wife or anything like that. So does that play a role? Like if I had a wife right. that I wanted to get back home to. If I had mm-hmm. kids I wanted to get back home to, would that have made a difference? I don't know. I I really don't know, man. I'm not trying to say I'm like 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 I'm the Captain America of my generation. I don't know that I would have been I I don't know. If it was real life, I really don't know. I hope I You're hope. not saying you would have been the Nada in the situation, but I feel yeah. like, you know, you do. Everybody, I feel like, with a sound brain, hopes they could be the nada in that situation to where you could be, you know. It's easy to hope I, that I, when you're not in the situation. When you're not exactly. like the homeless exactly. guy. And, and even when they depict homeless, and, and um, I think we should uh, absolutely shout out John Carpenter for hiring actual homeless people as extras. Which he also did in Prince of Darkness, which, uh, speaking of Prince of Darkness, I wanted to bring up, uh, he, uh, also brought some of the cast from Prince of Darkness on over to They Live. Um, the, the guy who's like, I I think it was a makeup, uh, department guy, or maybe the head of makeup in Prince of Darkness, but he's the one who, uh, has the thing where he's standing out there and he's like, pray for death you know and then he has the like the roaches and stuff come out of his like little suit that he's wearing that guy is in that last scene when the like the resistance is raided before uh nada and keith david you know get teleported to the to the one percent kind of area um he's just standing back he has no lines um he's just standing back behind um the guy who also was in uh, Prince of Darkness, whose uh, uh, name, what's his name? P, uh, Peter Jackson. Peter uh, Jason. The guy that brings, Peter Jason, sorry. Yeah. Um, who brings Piper and David into the into the fold, who was there at the, kind of the beginning with the homeless people. Um, Let, which, can I make a claim? Can I make an outrageous claim? I love outrageous claims. Pete, um, um, no, not Peter. <laughs> 
John Carpenter is Adam Sandler, but good at making movies. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. He makes he he like is loyal to his people, and Adam Sandler is loyal to his people, man. Yeah, but like I mean, it's a, Peter it's Jackson, a, such a fickle business. Makes good like yeah. horror. I won't say good movies because um, I I love me some Adam Sandler movies, but Peter uh, John Carpenter makes good horror movies, and he uses people all the fucking time. But I'm going to move us along, Chris, and I want to talk about yeah. Meg Foster and specifically, I, I she I want to talk about her acting because yeah. she is. An icy cold. Treasure. Like she, you can feel, you feel the fear that she has. Those oh, yeah, a, yeah. Speaking of icy, those eyes, man. And, so yeah. let's let's talk about her acting first, and then her <laughs> eyes, and then we can wrap this bitch up, like with a fucking bow, bow and everything. She does a good job, man. She, you yeah. feel. Her fear when um, Roddy has just fucking, he's just blown aliens away in the, um, in the bank, which makes me wonder if the aliens are actually like just regular aliens or if they're actually taking over human bodies. I, I do wonder that. Which adds a whole nother layer that if you watch this and you I think mean, about that, like maybe when he's on that on the, the you know aliens, the, the other hand of that palm, right? Like maybe he's that just killing humans. Maybe he's aliens. just because they are literally uh in a way getting uh in a way high off these sunglasses, right? And uh, uh not uh, manipulated their brains in a way because he's like it feels like a knife in your skull. Mm-hmm. I, Who's to say? I mean, that's a that's a topic for discussion too. Um, so if that's the case, he he, yeah. t- he talks about that. He talks and then they about get the contact they, lenses, the which they put in too easy. That's my biggest complaint so, of the movie is um, they get these uh, contact lenses. Yeah, you mean a motherfucker that never put a sun. I will tell you, I got contacts one time I, in the in like 90, 90 fucking four. I was in the National Guard. I got I got sunglasses or I got contact lenses before yep. I went out to two weeks annual training. I was supposed to take them yep. out every night. I was supposed to wear them a maximum of six hours a day, and they told me like every day you can increase your wear time by like an hour. I put them in on day one, and I didn't take them out until day ten. Yeah, and to be honest, I didn't take them out. Like I got out of basic, I got out of annual training, (laughs) and went to Doctor Tavels, and they took them out because I couldn't take them out. And he told me he's like, "These these things are so cemented into your eyes, I can't fuck. You almost lost your vision." Because you're too big a pussy to take your own contact lenses out, and but uh, anyway, Meg Foster. But that calm, like she do what she needs you to can do feel in the moment fear. to preserve herself. But uh, she is because she's not on the good side. Uh, she's not on the good side. Period. Oh yeah, she's she's definitely scared. 
Yeah. She's definitely scared, but she definitely does what she needs to do to get through the moment. She gets a chance. She manipulates Piper until she can, you know, whack him from behind, um, toss him out the fucking window. Yeah. And you see the glasses, and the next time you see her is in the underground meeting. And you think, oh, she called the cops on Piper, but she found the glasses. She must see, she must know what's going on. She must be, she's in. But she, (sighs) she is in. What a, uh, and that feels, it makes it kind of real to me. Like when it gets to that last moment. When Piper's up on the on the TV Dirty. station roof near the near their broadcast satellite or whatever, and he looks at uh, Meg Foster and he's like, "Are we? Are you clear?" And she's like, "I am," and you know immediately. You just know that she, if she hasn't killed Keith David, she has hurt him severely. She she shot she shot him real good, <laughs> and. Mm. Yeah. She's got the she's got the horror creds, man. So let's we can talk about her and then we can talk about her she, uh, I'm, she, Meg filmography. Foster, she's got the horror creds. She is she's horror royalty. Uh and, and Rob Zombie knows this. Rob Zombie has brought her back into kind of the uh Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie is is also (laughs) the uh, Adam Sandler of horror. Um, And it's not just with uh, Sherry Moon. It's not just his wife. Like, he uses the same people. And and, uh, Meg Foster's one. Man, those fucking eyes. Even when she's good. I I will say, even when she's good, her eyes freak me the fuck out. They they are at they are at the iciest blue like I, if it was okay I did basic in training in Georgia in 1992 in the summer it rained it rained like even just like even a sprinkle of rain is considered rain it rained one day. The entire three months I was down there, it was so fucking hot. It was so hot. Like, the devil wanted to tempt me, but the devil was like, hey, Dave, never mind, it's too fucking hot. And walked away. It was, that's how hot it was. But if I looked into Meg Foster's eyes on that 103 degree temperature in the shade, that 103 degrees in the shade, if I looked into Meg, Temp- Meg Foster's eyes, I would have got chills down my spine, man. There's such a fucking icy blue yeah, still that they can freeze your soul. Their, her eyes peer Chinese hell, famously American hell, fire and brimstone. Chinese hell, ice and desolation. And her eyes are the epitome of like that ice and desolation. They're such a. I mean, I know, I know in my brain, I know that they're natural, that blue color, but 
also in my brain, I'm like, there's she, no she's way very possibly her, really be that color, appearance. but they are. So, and that that lends itself to this so much because you want to believe her. I feel like, um, so when it gets to that kind of sideways betrayal, like it's not a like you should should have known, <laughs> but you wanted to not believe it. I think. With with her character, I I I think that's yeah. absolutely true. You're I like, oh yes, she's true. here. You that means she understands, and she you know she put the glasses on. She understands on it. what's going on for real. And I, even having watched this before, <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, she understands. But when it gets to that betrayal at the end of the movie, you're like, God damn it! I know, I know. Yeah, which which is I mean that's that's what it would be. It's such so, a letdown. Um, it's such a letdown. Like Keith David is presumably dead. We don't know for sure. Um, which would be a great you know maybe picking up point for uh for like a comic or some kind of uh you know pick that up if you were gonna to keep that character alive um or something like that uh. So going going forward, he destroyed Piper destroys the satellite dish and and supposedly like the 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 veil the veil has been lifted. Like people see the truth. Um, I I <laughs> I kind of love and be mostly I love it for the titties, but I love the end credit scene where the chick is riding the dude. And then he like he's the he's the alien, the fucking zombie chick. Like he he can see the fucking alien chick. Uh, <laughs> I am I, oh yeah, I am very oh, intrigued to oh, see the opposite of that because so I'm wondering backwards. what those titties. He's be the alien. She's like riding him, and so, then he's like, if we get a continuation, let's see. It may be. It may be. <laughs> those might be. It's just Meg they Foster. They might be eyes. some titties, but. But um, yeah, the veil has been lifted. So what happens? Like it, it because you don't yeah. get it. And we've talked about this before. Like I forget in one part of the story. But like I thought what happens. After I think the in one of the uh, Carpenter Apocalypse trilogy episodes that we've kind of brought it up before. Uh, um, and I was I I always considered this a down ending, but you didn't. Mouth or, of Madness. I think that's I think that was the case, and I was just like I. And I think I understand why I think that is now because, like, I get most of my local news from Louisville, but I don't think you do. And we're only a few uh, country blocks away from each other, so I mean, uh -huh. that's the that's the yeah. Like, so to imagine the reach of that broadcast five miles like that Piper destroys at the end of the movie. I mean, sure, he's exposing these aliens to a community of people, but that community of people then has to prove what they saw to the world at large, which is an uphill battle. I mean, that could be a movie itself, especially in the eighties. Uh, so, so, um, and, and if you've ever been high to, 
and got pulled over. And you're in you your know brain. How quickly, <laughs> anyway. Sober up. So I'm I'm kind of there right now because I'm I'm yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty drunk. I'm like half a fifth into a virgin bottle of Elisha Craig's small batch. <laughs> uh, hashtag not a sponsor, but hashtag if you buy it, use Horror House too as a as a code and see if you get a discount. I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know where I was. Anyway. At the end of right. I Live, he right. destroys the satellite dish and supposedly people are exposed to the truth. But we try to not be very political on this uh, podcast, but we do Believe actually yes. do have <laughs> Some political beliefs. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we all do. Even people that say they don't believe in politics or they don't follow politics have some beliefs. And uh, my beliefs... son of a bitch. Personally, I and I hope that. nobody holds this against me because I try to cater to everybody. <laughs> I try to listen to everybody. And even, even if your beliefs are contrary to mine, I think we... I think the important thing is that we find common ground and we we not focus. I, I've said this before because we've discussed doing a political right. podcast and I've discussed the idea that I don't want to talk about individuals, you, you but I want to talk about issues. I, uh, Chris, you can back me up that I've said that several times. <laughs> but I think Donald Trump is a douchebag. I think Donald Trump doesn't really his only true political right. selfish is what's going to make me the most money. What's going to give what's going to give me the most clout? What's going to give me the most power? I don't think I I absolutely <laughs> for the people who think like oh Donald Trump's telling the truth and the Democratic elites just want power. I think the truth is that Donald Trump is right there with Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi in that these all, both sides, these political people want power. And this movie is very much about that. About they D- control. Dave, you're the drawing family. a hard line in the podcast sand tonight. Uh, and um, I don't know where, where I was going stand, with this at all. Which uh, I absolutely agree with. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, at a certain point in this, uh, I'm sorry, shit. Which, sorry. Uh, like I said earlier, which correlates with this. Um, seeing people talk about. Or seeing people on YouTube make these videos, right? Saying they live 2021, 2022. And it's just showing, you know, these, these signs and they're putting the sunglasses on, right? And it's like David COVID vaccine and they put it on. It's like government, um, uh, freaking shit like that. And then masks and it's like tyranny and, since we're on the topic like Megadeth Dave Mustaine has been one of my favorite artists bands guitar players musicians for decades you 
you know Megadeth for me for me Megadeth I would I would have agreed for many decades than I absolutely would and have. you know that for me um until this uh current thing and then you know Mustaine's saying like masks are tyranny and shit and I'm like uh, <laughs> I can't I can't with this shit the hard part about that is that mm-hmm. I don't look I, to my musicians I, I like Joe Rogan I like Joe Rogan and I disagree uh, with yeah. when it comes to COVID, I just disagree with everything he's had to say. But I like the um, dude as a yeah, I watched one of his stand ups. I like the dude as uh, a stand up comedian. Now, but his stand up comedy I thought it was comedy. super funny. It, but like it, the way this modern ideas. Yeah, look if if you if you not listen to stand up comedy, Google Joe Rogan jetpacks. Man, that shit has me rolling. Daniel Tosh is the most uh, politically incorrect dude <laughs> in comedy. And everything he says out of his mouth makes me fucking laugh. Like, to my fucking bones laugh. I mean, like, my, my hips hurt. Because I'm old and I'm laughing so much, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I like David, I like Daniel Tosh, I like Joe Rogan, but I don't go to my musicians. I don't give a fuck what they think. I, I mean, I mean, I, I like some dudes that are controversial that have different political opinions than me, because I think they're great artists. Um. That being said, I don't look to them for my political opinions. You're a hypocrite if you're like, uh, I don't care what LeBron James has to say about politics. I don't listen to celebrities. But then you celebrate. You celebrate what conservative kind artists. Of, you know, you're like kind of a way. Gina Carano's got it going on. <laughs> No, because she, yeah, because she knows politically what's up. Like I don't believe in celebrities. Should mean I don't believe in celebrities, whether we, they're conservative or liberal. The whole the, the whole idea of the new world order, and I'm going to rele- reveal some shit. You right slurred now said <laughs> so. More than anything I've ever may, seen, that may have saved us. So, so my, my, is, you're taking me down with you. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> they, okay, I'm gonna put it out, Chris. I'm sorry if you die too, man. the The idea one, of yeah. the new world order, like the one new everything. world order, wants one religion, one thought process, one political view, is such bullshit. Because the easiest way to fucking control people is to make them afraid of the other guy. And so if the if the political elites if if the aliens did exist, they wouldn't like be like 
one party. Like all the political aliens, aliens are secretly controlling the world, but they only own one political party. That's bullshit, man. They would control both because they want you to be afraid of the other guy because you're most you're most susceptible to (laughs) manipulation. When they exploit <laughs> your fears. Oh, shit. My fucking soundproof tail just fell in my face and just whacked me in the nose. You're most susceptible to manipulation. Oh, shit. God damn, motherfucker. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Uh, I'll take I'm dying right here and right now. You're most susceptible to manipulation. <clears throat> they control both sides of the narrative. They can scare you if you're liberal, and they can scare you when you're conservative. Seeing the other guy, if you see people with a different political belief than you as the enemy, <laughs> then you've been manipulated, man. You heard, it, you heard it here first. I truly believe, and this is the most political thing you've, you're ever going to hear me say on the podcast. I truly believe that Republicans, conservatives, they only want what's best for this country. And liberals and Democrats only want what's best for this country. Does that mean that every Democrat is a good guy? Does that mean that every Republican is a good guy? And I say, (laughs) hell to the fuck no. And that's not just drunk me talking, that's sober me talking. I will tell anyone who believes, anyone who wants to listen, whether I'm drunk or sober or in between, the, the true manipulators they don't stand for one political party or the next. They don't stand for one ideology or the next. Their only ideology is what advances my quest for power. Ted Cruz the other day, uh, um, there is a new nominee for the Supreme Court. Of the United States of America. Um, I don't know if you've been leaving under the under a bridge, but her name is Kandon, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Whether you support her <laughs> K, KBJ, I'm gonna just gonna call her KBJ because I'm too drunk to keep saying her name. If you support her or you're against her, the fact of the matter is that this woman has passed all of the expectations of legal experts as far as what would make a good Supreme Court nominee. If you're against her, it's probably because the... The conservative outlets have told you that she's for things that are anti-American. And if you're for her, you're it's probably because the liberal outlets have told you that she's for things that are embody 
the beliefs and the ideology of the liberal ideology. Whichever one you feel, like liberalism is an ideology, but so is conservatism. It's all the fucking same, man. It's all ideology. So to believe that she's qualified or to believe that she's not qualified, you're just listening to what the people are telling you what to do. (laughs) The aliens control... The alien overlords control both sides, man. They're well, not going like to control said, one though, side. Right? Like there and needs to be some kind of opposition. That you believe something opposite. So them. what better way to both sides. get an opposition than to just get the get that one side going like heavy, and then you just have an automatic opposition which you can just suppress as you go. Like what they don't, what they don't fucking matter. Maybe that's the thing, you know, like, uh, oh, speak, speak your truth. Okay. Thanks. Um, anyways, anyways, <laughs> maybe, maybe is be analytical. Each, <laughs> what all of us should do. Maybe what should they should teach us to do in school. Yeah. It, Dude, you are correct. Is be analytical. Think for yourselves. Don't just parrot. You know, if whether you're liberal or you're conservative, you should subscribe to newscasts and streams that present the other side of the argument. But Only I mean, is that then, the common man? Is Only that the common man? Can you consider yourself goal in life is to understand both sides? Like they're just trying to get through the shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it makes this is the it problem. makes sense this is the in this uh, regard so with they live far um, off but, topic. Like we might get uh, shut down. Like this is way yeah. worse. Let's than- get let's get to our overalls. Uh maybe we will bring this back up like like you said uh there has been some ramblings uh <laughs> internally of a, a similar uh external podcast. So if this is something uh, I can absolutely <laughs> I can absolutely attest I swear okay. on the Bible, on the Constitution, That's what you- on, you know, Penthouse Volume 83, Episode 11. <laughs> I, I, I can, can absolutely test that I've never I been can, I can, I can, I can back, I can back you up right now. That's why... I- that's why I can't stop this. It has to just keep going. <laughs> and and to. I'm going to take another shot to. If you like horror house, if you like horror movies, <laughs> you should absolutely subscribe and check in on every week on like what we right. do. But even if you don't like horror movies, you're like, just like one of those guys that are just like, I just want to hear what drunk people think. Like, I just like to hear a drunk person ramble. We're providing that for you. 
If you're like, I wonder right. what the you know, fucking Sean. <laughs> right. I think Sean William Scott is an asshole. I I mean, you. fuck you, Stifler. Uh, we we have went up and down the road. I. Uh, sp- speak, speak your truth, brother. I don't know truth, where I'm going with that. I don't know. I can't even like. I mean, is there anything left on They Live that you <laughs> would like to talk about? Um, th- I, I am, I, I understand. I completely <laughs> understand. I don't, know, man. Um, I don't know. I'm so far gone right now. I'm sorry, Chris. I. Chris, I apologize to you, and I want to say to the big dog order, Jake Hyatt, Jeremy Hyatt, Matthew Hyatt, Kenneth Whitchurch, Raymond Whitchurch, Kurt Whitchurch, uh, Malcolm Swim, who... I, I don't really know because he don't post on fucking Facebook. His wife does. But based on what his wife posts on Facebook, what based on what his wife posted two years ago, right. Malcolm Swim and I are as completely opposite politically as it gets. But I want to say to all these motherfuckers, Jake, Jeremy, Matt, Kenny, Raymond, Kurt, Malcolm, Jeremy Ballman, um, I'm drunk, and so there's a lot of people I'm missing. Steve Ham, um, Larry Lungs, um, uh, everybody, everybody. Tell I'm just gonna say me. everybody, regardless of where you fall on the political I'm spectrum. Motherfuckers. <laughs> I want to say one thing, and that is. I love you. I love you, motherfuckers. I love you, motherfuckers, so much that I would fist fight you in the street. Um, that's a, that's a lot of love. Like, I would not fist fight Ted Cruz because I, yeah. I think Ted Cruz I, I can is agree a with fucking these. asshole. I can agree with that, and he's not worthy of my time. But, but like, one of the right. people I named, and, and there are other people that I didn't name, like, that that I fucking love with all my heart. You would fight them in the street because you love I, them. I would fight you guys in the street again <laughs> because I love, I, because I love you. you I, I mean, that's, <laughs> um, is that a warning for me? Where do I stand in this? I don't. <laughs> I would fight you in the street, dude. Chris, you're fight us Chris, all in the street. Why are you gonna do Chris that, Chris Edwards? Um, <laughs> to, to Harlan put, to put to um, put sunglasses your, on us. All of to, your for the for the bet. Yeah, I would yeah, fight you all in the street right now because yeah. I love you guys, man. <laughs> to make you wear the I, fucking I sunglasses, the sunglasses of truth. I had a whole. Let me say, I forgot I'm too all drunk about to the get priest. into this right now. I had a whole thing written about how the priest was blind. Right. Traditionally, 
traditionally, like in cartoons and movies, like blind guys always wear sunglasses. And what do the sunglasses represent in this movie? They represent the truth. So people who are blind to the distractions are actually awake to the truth. And I don't know what that means outside okay. of that, but I, w- I love you, motherfuckers. I would fight you in the street because I love you. This is a. And this is a. All right, let's do that. Let's get to really our overall opinions. Dave, since you're on a hot streak, and at some point let's we go ahead end, and get, and I gotta tell you get what I your think. overall opinion and rating for this movie. So, Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> they live carpenter they live let's let's get your overall opinion your overall review rating for this go you've already threatened to kill most of your friends in the streets <laughs> all right i i put my rating i was I right there with i you. put my rating down about the second we were beginning to Shot. We were I at the this episode. So going up. Yeah, I was up not, the stairs. I was not drunk. Maybe third. I was not drunk. Yeah, we were just getting started. I was, I think, impartially. How does that feel? I now think that I was three totally sober when I put my rating down for this movie. And I, uh, hmm, okay, okay. I'm sticking with mine. I ain't even sweating it. So just tell I me. Think what I think I didn't you got? rate high enough. And your overall opinions. I put this movie. I put this movie as a 9.5. And the only reason it didn't get a 10 is because when I started my professional career, I had an administrator uh, who told me uh, back then it was one through five. You you rated your employees one through five on like five different things, right? And I gave an employee a a CNA. I was a nurse. I gave an employee (laughs) like all fives, and she called me into the office and she said, "Dave, you know the problem with giving all fives is that there's now room for improvement." You've told her. You've told the CNA that there's nowhere she can improve. And we can always improve somewhere. <laughs> always. Always. A-L-W-A-Y-S. Always. We can always improve somewhere. And so I give the score a 9.5 because there's always somewhere it can improve. But for the light, like I give myself... An eight, uh, yeah, because yeah. I gave this movie nine point five. I'm not I mean, high enough to understand th- where it can improve. Like it really probably deserves right, a ten in right, my right. book. This movie is great. It's the social themes. It's the special effects. It's the meme worthiness. Like I scored, I scored um, the Christmas movie. Part two, that's true. high that is because true. of the mean worthiness. But there is so much more mean worthiness uh, in this movie than that. And 
and not just the meme worthiness, like the actual, like the truth, the weight, like what it means to be, like what yeah. it could mean to society. This movie is so fucking valuable. Uh, to Rodney Piper's acting, like he's the yeah. he's the high energy like uh bad guy, and yet in this movie he's the subdued good guy. So his acting is way he's punching way above his weight class. Um, uh, I I don't know why. Except I suck Fadeless Okay, Fab- and, fair. And that's, that's to fair. completion, this movie is so great, like, I would let it come in my mouth. I, I don't know what that means <laughs> for a movie, but this movie is great. And I give it a 9.5. If there's a... If there... If there's a movie worthy of 10... It's this movie, uh, but I don't give it a yeah. ten because there are there is no such thing. The goalpost is always moving. I give it is what I would say to because it's the highest fucking two scales thing and stuff and such. Like you can rate, you know, nurses and nurses aides, you know, to a degree, but that degree that those goalposts are always moving. Like if you were still. Granting ourselves on these grades from the, you know, 1400s, it wouldn't stack up to where we are now, Chris, right? What do you, so, what do you, everything, I'm just saying, you know, like what you were saying with your aids and stuff, the 1400s. Like, uh, everything is just always you're saying. becoming better than what it is. Or your nurses, who who you said you, you were given the evaluations to, and that goes with movies as well. Like the goalpost is always moving. We get to a point, and then we have to adjust what greatness is. And you know, I mean, ten years ago, maybe that nine point five yours was a little, even maybe a little bit higher. You know, who's who's to say? But um, in this twenty twenty two world. Right. I'm, and, and I'm grading like I agree. A point I agree. Like there's I, no I'm higher okay this you. movie can um, be so for me, perfection. And I don't want to give it a 10. You may fight I me in the streets for this, thing. which I'm afraid you're, you're going to do anyway. <laughs> no, I don't want to fight. Um, I am not going as high as you, Absolutely. but I Let's am giving it, it a 0.5. I'm giving I'm, it a I'm I'm 7.5. Which, um, there's not, I mean, as far as a horror movie, <laughs> I, I knew it. There's, there is the social commentary is great, but is there's not over. that much horror in what it the for fuck me. There's are not you that much about a 7.5? Um, I just need a little bit more in that regard. So, yes. Or are you? Okay, let me ask you a question. <laughs> and I, I'm not trying to change her for you, but I am trying to change her for you. 
What's more horrifying than understanding that the people but who I would have, rather who have see their guts spill out is what I'm saying are really just like, using you? Yeah, as no a gore. I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't say the only reason. But like, there's some there's some acting that could so be gore. better in this. Gore like, is the only reason. But you can't. I mean, if we're going. Okay, tell me who's the bad actor. You have you have not. I have never. I I want for the record for the record. Uh, I, I, I think everybody has has a degree to act before. better in this. Um, but tell me who could act better. Piper is is a is a hard is a hard one. Like I don't know if you could do better than Piper, but uh, other people. Piper. She, yeah, I think so. Like her look. I, uh, Could he, okay, Meg Foster? She personally, I, I don't know. As somebody else, maybe. You think she could act better? The first time you, the first time you watch this. I don't, uh, When you're I at mean, the meeting and she, she do- reveals herself as like, I've sold out. Did you... Did you think the first time she saw that she I, revealed see, herself? See, I don't because I, I watched it Did so long ago. I don't. I don't know that. Like, I don't know where oh, I stand I with that. But now, I knew she sold herself out. I feel like it's it's. I wouldn't say phoned in. It's it's a few degrees above phoned in, but uh, I don't think it's bad. I, I'm not saying it's bad. <laughs> She does such a uh, this, this might be I'm gonna just I'm not even gonna title this oh. they live. I'm gonna title Dave lived through this podcast somehow. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, me and Dave have played so many video games oh, on Friday, Saturday nights and drank so much and had it, the whorehouse was birthed through all this. But I, 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 <laughs> I have never heard him drunk, this not drunk just through, ever. Not just through. <laughs> in the time we have spent together. It, like, so, um, through, like, but I, I still, I don't, I don't think 7.5 is bad in my scale. Um, but mm-hmm. you're just go, you're, you're, uh, but I can't argue. I can't argue you 9.5 either. I just, the, the makeup. I I understand. No, because my understand. my scale, my grade <laughs> is perfect. I am a half of a fifth of whiskey in in. Oh, hold on, let me turn my paper here. Believe you in I do be- less than three hours. <laughs> I don't. We don't have streets over here. <laughs> I will fight you in the yeah. motherfucking streets, Chris. That would be an interesting retake on the <laughs> we uh, have on the they live, we live fight. So instead far of out showing in the country, you know twenty twenty one coronavirus signs. It's just it's it's two bros just fighting in a holler. That is actually probably more very more likely. Um, 
I'm not saying we're going to fight. I'm saying that that's more likely. Don't misconstrue me, Dave. Don't beat me up in a holler. <laughs> uh, All right. All right. I'll take I, your 7.5. Yeah. I'll take my 9.5. <laughs> I'll average that to an 8.5. And it's a pretty goddamn good score. If you are listening to this podcast, fucking watch this, this movie. Dave, if, if you they were to tell us one way or the other, movie, or tell us what their ratings or personal ratings are for this, where can they reach us at? Uh, you can reach <laughs> us at Twitter at so we. You can email us whorehousepodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the old Facebook page if you're into that. Uh, right there. Tell us what you want. You could leave us a voicemail on anchor.fm forward slash house. And uh, if you do that, please let us know if it's okay to you... play your voice. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, the air. Hold on. <laughs> Did you fall over? I'm about to piss my fucking pants, man. <laughs> I did. My chair is on on its side. The only reason I'm not on the floor. Okay, let's finish the episode real fast. Let's let's close the door on the whorehouse real fast. Hold on. Let's. If as you, much as I'm if you would please rate us on every platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, do so. Throw your phone at your friends. Um, and I mean, you've got our ratings. Uh, but that said, next week, uh, physical versus digital. After that, only two more episodes left in season three of Horror House. So stick around for for uh, the culmination, I guess, um, of this season and. Uh, we will, we will see you in one week's time. Um, see you guys later. (laughs) Bye. I may puke before I go to sleep, but I want you to know that I love you guys so much. And thank you for listening to the horror ass podcast.